This podcast is brought to you by Stormaven. I won't lie, I am an employee at Stormaven, so I want to tell you a little bit about why it's the greatest company on earth. If you're interested in growing your app in any way, organically, paid, both, we have tools to help you do it, whether it's optimizing your creatives, measuring the success and the effect of different efforts that you're taking, or just telling you what people look for in an app. We're here to help you do it. It's never too late to start. Of course, there's a very steep learning curve, a lot of things in flux, many things changing all the time. But once you find momentum and once you get integrated into the community, I mean, there are so many resources to help you on your journey. It really does become intuitive, fun, and collaborative in that way. Welcome to Mobile Growth and Pancakes, a podcast by Stormaven. We break down how and why mobile apps grow. In each episode, we invite a mobile growth expert onto the show to break down a specific mobile growth strategy, how it worked, why it worked, and what they would do differently. I'm your host, Esther Schatz. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Mobile Growth and Pancakes. I'm your host, Jonathan Fishman. I'm VP Marketing here at Stormaven. And today, I'm really excited to have here with me Clarice Murray. You see, I, I pronounce it right. Uh, Performance Marketing Lead at Ostrom. <laughs> Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Cool. Uh, do you want to introduce yourself a bit? Sure. Yeah. As you just mentioned, I'm Performance Marketing Lead at Ostrom, a green energy provider based in Berlin, Germany. I am originally from South Africa, which you can probably tell from my accent, but I entered Europe um, through Spain, actually, when I was studying my master's in marketing at Barcelona and um, then started my career in Germany, first at Trivago in Dusseldorf. Um, and Trivago is a hotel meta search engine, so quite different from what I'm doing now. Um, and then I moved over to Berlin, uh, working at an agency for digital companies and startups. Um, before I moved over eventually to become a head of marketing at Flowlab, a meditation app um, which focuses mainly on mental fitness. And then at the beginning of this year, I made it over to Ostrom pursuing my passion in uh, sustainability and green energy. Nice. What, what, what do Ostrom, uh, what is Ostrom basically? So essentially, um, Ostrom is a digital green energy provider. What sets us apart um, from other energy providers in Germany, though, is that we uh, charge our customers the cost price for energy. So we follow the wholesale market prices, and then we just charge a six euro subscription fee on top per month um, in the contract. So people can sign up. They know we have no intransparent margins. Um, we have a total honesty model. Existing customers pay the same price as new customers. So if the price for energy, let's say, decreases, for example, Usually right now in summertime, uh, energy prices should go down because um, as you can imagine, the demand is lower. We would in that case lower the price for all customers because we are buying electricity for cheaper, so they should also buy it for cheaper. But of course now um, with the geopolitical climate, there are a lot of strange things happening and um, we are following the market prices consistently without um, punishing, let's say, our customers um, unnecessarily for the geo um, situation. For sure. That, that, that's really interesting. Um, I also know that Germany is one of the, the top countries when it comes to green energy and, and solar energy also. Um, so think like 
as, as a marketer thinking about like onboarding there, is it something like extremely, it's like ha- a high friction onboarding type of thing? Like, is it, does it change your electricity provider and somebody needs to install something? What actually happens when somebody signs up? It's quite effortless, uh, to be honest. I can give you maybe a bit of an overview of the German landscape, um, which is quite interesting. So in Germany, the energy space is quite fragmented. So there's over a thousand energy providers in Germany alone, but only 3% of those have apps, for example. So uh, most providers are very traditional. They have contracts that consist of 12 to 24-month lock-ins. Um, they also, of course, have non-existent customer service and they um, do everything via mail and fax. Um, so fax, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the back-end processes are still um, very old school in that case. And of course, if you're stuck with an energy provider like that, it's more difficult for you to change, right? Because it will take a while for them to get back to you when you communicate to them that you want to change and maybe your contract doesn't even allow it until next year, for example. But um, when you are with an energy provider like Ostrom, we offer totally flexible monthly cancellation. So we don't lock you in. If you decide you want to change energy provider, you can literally just um, cancel it in the app. And then um, our team takes care of any kind of um, back-end processes that need to take place with regards to communicating with the grid. If you want to switch from an old energy provider to Ostrom, our team also takes care of that. So like um, essentially... The customer now in a modern day company only has to download and sign up and that's it. Got it. That's pretty nice. It's it's still, I mean, for all the, the game folks listening, and, and there's a lot that game marketers can learn from app marketers, I, I believe. Uh, it's really interesting because there's actually, you know, it, it, it's a bigger decision than actually downloading a game and starting to play it with, the, you know, you don't really make a serious decision decision there. Um, so your work as a performance marketer is is different in terms of like the messaging and what you actually need to um, to say and show in order to convince somebody to make uh, that decision. So w- what exactly are you in charge of as performance marketing lead? Um, is, is it advertising? Which kind of channels? Yes. So um, as you can imagine, in energy, um, search is a very big channel. So um, I'm very lucky that my CMO, Carl, used to be head of search at HelloFresh uh, before. So um, we have an amazing, let's say, foundation built up with regards to Google search. So whenever anyone um, searches for uh, energy contract, green energy, um, switch energy contract, anything like this, we appear at the top of the search results almost every time. Um, so that's, of course, a very key factor for us. Um, but then, of course, nobody will um, search for you on a branded level unless they see you um, first on paid social channels, also um, on publishers. So um, you can imagine that we are collaborating with a lot of um, blogs online where people are comparing different energy providers, especially in Germany, people are very conscious of green energy and they know that greenwashing is very present in this industry. So there are a lot of publishers actually um, comparing where the energy is sourced from, checking the certifications, all of that. Um, So we're also quite um, aware that we need to um, speak with these publishers and explain to them we are not (laughs) a greenwashing company. We are actually sourcing it from... German green energy, um, let's say solar farms, wind farms, 
um, also looking into hydro. So um, just making it clear that we can be trusted, we are honest, and um, they should sign up with Ostrom because we're the best. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, so so you, you do this kind of direct deals with a lot of publications. That's, that's the, like after search, that's what you're uh, putting your efforts into or are using like ad networks of, of all sorts? Um, ad networks, no. Um, more paid social if it comes to um, upper funnel marketing, um, just because of course um, it's important to communicate and educate people in this industry where it's quite traditional, especially in Germany. Um, people have this formula when they are searching for an energy provider. They check, okay, do they have a price guarantee? Um, is there a Neukunden bonus? Because a lot of um, providers essentially bribe people to sign up with them um, for the first year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, they also check for the, the sources of, of the energy. So it's important for us to educate them also through pay social activities that, hey, um, there is actually a better way to do it. Um, you can have it all digital. Um, for the expats in Germany, you can have it all in English. You can have a live chat, customer support. Um, also, of course, we have um, very high rated customer support in that level. So we um, have a 4.9 out of 5 star rating on Trustpilot. So even though Ostrom has only been around um, since last year, we're already the highest rated energy provider in Germany just because of um, this element alone. That's awesome. That's awesome. So why why mobile? I mean, if it's like, you said there's only like there's a thousand or so energy providers, three have apps, and it seems that you're like very app centric. Like the the the, the type of uh, campaigns that you run lead, I guess, to to install the app. Um, is that right? So we have a two prong approach here. So of course we have a web sign up, and then we also have um, an app where you can sign up through mobile web currently. So um, the mobile web in this case actually is so optimized that people don't realize that they are signing up on mobile web when they are clicking register inside of the app because um, there's almost no loading time and it's very uh, natively designed in that sense. But um, yes, exactly. So we have uh, multiple campaigns running, um, driving users to web as well as to app. But what I will say, um, and that's also very important for um, other providers looking to go into app, is that um, the likelihood of sign up is 2x when the user already downloaded your app. So um, even though, of course, it is more difficult to scale, especially with regards to ASA, um, <laughs> Apple search is not as easy uh, to scale as Google search, for example. Um, ASO is also something that takes a lot of time and effort. Um, but actually, it does pay off in the end. For sure, right. Two times uh, more likely to uh, to finish the registration. That, that's a pretty, uh, pretty big uh, number. Um, so, so that's, I mean, that was mainly what, what was behind mobile. Like you tested things out and you discovered that like, if you'll go mobile first, uh, you'll have that extremely uh, better engagement rate or sign-up rate. Exactly. The conversion rate is twice as high on mobile than it is on web. Awesome. Cool. And we talked a bit about the mobile web sign-up and, and it got me thinking about like uh, all the privacy changes on iOS and everything. Um, so how did that, uh, I mean, 
obviously Ostrom uh, is around from since last year, but you worked before that at, at other companies, uh, meditation, the meditation space, um, the travel space. Um, how did you find uh, these changes affect uh, the work that you're doing in Ostrom? So definitely when I moved over to Ostrom, I was very grateful for the mobile web um, integration um, inside of the app during the sign-up process, which meant that we are losing a lot less insights um, than we would have if it was just a native um, in-app sign-up sign integration, let's say. So yeah, in my previous role, um, of course, um, the whole iOS 14.5 ATT apocalypse um, affected tracking immensely. Um, and it also, I think, uh, put a little fire um, under all performance marketers' um, bums <laughs> because we essentially got so lazy relying on the algorithms blindly. Um, you know, I mean, all of these platforms are also just kind of tailoring more towards the smart campaign model where it's a black box, just put your money in and we promise we'll allocate it as efficiently as possible. Um, but with um, the rise of 82, of course, that kind of fell away and we are forced to now think of other ways where we can take more control of our campaigns and optimize more efficiently um, and more transparently as well. So um, yeah, we are working with Adjust as an MMP, but we have Google Analytics um, partner integrated there. So we essentially um, can track on Google Analytics when someone is signing up on the mobile web through the app sign up button. Um, and that is how we can also um, attribute their, um, when, whether our campaigns are more effective on app, as I mentioned already, compared to web. So that's how I got to that number. Nice. So, so I do agree with you that it, it, uh, it kind of, like I didn't, I didn't, didn't like the term, um, I don't know, IDFA apocalypse and all of that sort. Um, but it did affect um, quite seriously targeting and like how you can reach uh, audiences. As you said, um, folks in, in the previous era, it was easy. I mean, you would you just gave your budget to a black box, let's say on Facebook, and they found your audiences or, or the folks that are mo most likely to, uh, in your case, complete a registration. Um, how are you reaching your audiences these days? Like, did, did you start defining them? Uh, who are they? I, I guess it's, it's um, I mean, I won't put words in your mouth, but I guess it, it's pretty defined. Your audience is just, it's not just all folks in Germany that, that pay an electricity bill? You would think so. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, of course, we are very grateful to be in an industry where it is a necessity, let's say. Um, it is a utility. Uh, so everyone needs an energy provider. So you think that that would mean our audience is everyone. Um, but of course, we find that we have different kinds of people looking for different kinds of energy providers. So um, there would always be the segment um, who are just looking for the cheapest um, supplier out there, uh, no matter where their energy comes from, um, no matter you know what kind of customer service they can expect if anything goes wrong, really just like down to the cent. Um, this is the cheapest provider out there and I'm just going to go for them no matter what the others offer. And then you have the other um, side of the spectrum where people are actually concerned about um, green energy sources. They are concerned about um, having a digital option. So they don't want to receive posts. Uh, they don't want to um, struggle to communicate. So everything is just digital first. There's a um, live in-app chat 
kind of more of a digital native uh, type audience. So, of course, these ones are the ones that we would love to focus on because the churn tends to be lower because they actually value all the other things that come as part of um, the energy contract and not just the actual utility itself. Nice. And and something I really liked that, that you mentioned before is, is like that connection between educating the, that audience um, and basically, uh, I think what you said is that uh, nobody would search for your brand unless they actually encountered it first, um, wherever they spend time. And uh, it could be social media, it could be reading different publications or researching about like uh, energy providers. Um, but not a lot of folks understand that, that um, that by educating and and you know, creating content, basically, be it could be through ads, but it's still content, uh, you actually drive branded search. And you also drive uh, better uh, click-through rates when somebody encounters your ad. So if somebody, I don't know, saw, scrolled on Facebook or on Instagram, saw one of your ads, uh, and then when, I don't know, weeks after, they would research... Um, I don't know, alternatives for uh, electricity providers on Google and your ad came up um, and they saw your brand name, uh, they're way more likely to, to click on it because they already recognize it. So, so that connection is, is uh, really, really important. Um, what kind of, uh, like, how does your creative process work? Like, how do you uh, um, think about your ad creatives, about the messaging there? What's your process? Yeah, so at that um on that level, it's quite interesting because, of course, there are many providers out there who are also advertising, but um, we, of course, also want to differentiate ourselves from that because they are gearing more uh, towards an audience where, as I mentioned, they're focusing more on price. It's kind of the cookie cutter model of traditional advertising, lots of offline ads, um, you know, TV ads, uh, these kinds of um, channels tend to be the mainstream um, way for energy providers in Germany to actually reach their audience. Um, on our side, what we're trying to do is we're trying to, of course, reach them um, by communicating not only the benefits, but also, as I mentioned, um, to push content. So we want to also um, educate them on the side of green energy in the market and provide value in that way. So we don't just want to say, hey, we're Ostrom, we are the best because X, Y, Z. But uh, we also are actually um, reaching them by promoting our blog posts, how they can um, save energy because we are the only energy provider that actually does not make more money when you spend more energy. So we don't want you to consume more. Um, we actually are on the side of the planet and that's why we charge cost price and we want you to spend less so you, at the end of the day, also pay less. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what we're trying to aim at. We're trying to create value by promoting co good content, quality content. Um, and also we uh, focus a lot on memes and funny content like this. So essentially um, trying to engage with them on a level to communicate, okay, we're a brand, we're a personality. We also laugh at memes. Um, there's this one meme that did very well recently where... Um, it was, you know, those Japanese game shows where um, they're trying to... Oh, very weird. Very weird. <laughs> to me, <Yes>. at least. <laughs> it's, it's very entertaining. And um, in this particular game show, they're trying to make it up a hill. 
that's of course very slippery. Um, so they're all trying to, uh, you know, climb up this hill, sliding down. Um, and this meme essentially was um, supposed to then represent the customer service experience um, of energy providers. So we would just identify different players in the game sliding off every time they think they are going to be next in line in the um, call queue, the um, customer service agent will be with you shortly. Then they just slide down because they were just transferred to another department or to another agent. So um, these kinds of ways to also connect with them um, and saying, hey, we're also frustrated about all these things that we have to deal with. And that's why we created Ostrom because... Um, we wanted to make it uh, more efficient and a better experience for people to just, you know, adopt green energy for their home. Awesome. This is this is a really good approach. I mean, I think that that's what a lot of folks missing, uh, mostly on, on on the game side. That um, and you and you know to use that kind of approach of thinking. Um, like using content in performance marketing um, and encouraging um, brand awareness in the sense that, again, when once they encounter either the, the problem or one of your ads, uh, they would be way more likely to respond. And uh, this approach is, is, um, is really smart, but you can't adopt it unless you um, get do what I call a, like an attribution rehab because it's really hard to attribute um, what's the value of that meme? And I'm sure it had a lot of value because um, somebody saw it, it didn't do anything. They could see it, by the way, on one device and then uh, encounter your ad on another device. It's kind of hard to do like really accurate scientific attribution to the value of that, but it doesn't mean it does it, that it doesn't have value. Um, like marketing-wise, it works. It's really clear that it works. And there are some teams that are so addicted to direct attribution uh, that they won't ever do this kind of thing because then somebody, I don't know, somebody's boss would ask, okay, show me the value of this, uh, the, the work on that meme or that social media content uh, um, produced, and they wouldn't be able to do anything with that because you can't. Um, so I really like this approach. Um, in terms of your ads, are, are you testing them? Like what, what's your process around testing? Uh, yes, so we do run A-B tests. Um, essentially, we have been using the experiment um, section in uh, Meta Ads Manager. I always want to say Facebook Ads Manager, but it's Meta Ads Manager now. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we've been using just the experiment function there. It's very, of course, um, kind of upper funnel in that sense, because with the number of events that need to occur, if you actually want to attribute, um, you know, which creative is performing better, and um, on a ROI level, for example, that, that's not possible. So we are mainly focusing on, um, let's say, funnel one, which would be just landing on the landing page or, or potentially even the funnel where they already put in their information where they just want to check the price. So, okay, cool. Is this a kind of quality user? It's not just a user that comes, checks it out and leaves, but like also they are actually looking to compare prices and potentially switch the energy provider. Mm -hmm. That's that's really nice. Um, pretty cool. Um, awesome. It sounds it's, it's it sounds so cool to take like a traditional industry, and you know most of your competitors have no idea how to even engage in, in that sort of of, uh, of marketing or growth uh, and bringing in everything that that modern mobile marketing has to offer in that sense. 
because like you're light years ahead of them because they they don't even know how to speak with the audience in the way that you do. Um, so they're missing out on on that, and I'm not even talking about like the the traditional customer service problems and and all of that sort of uh, like negative brand perception that these folks have. Um, so it's really really cool. Um, do you have a do you have another like success story in terms of like a creative idea that worked really really well recently in in in, in your campaigns? I'm trying to think right now. Um, we are at the moment um, pursuing TikTok as a, another paid social channel. So we just got a social media manager who in his own right is a TikTok content creator. Um, so we're very lucky that he started to make TikTok videos for us that we can then essentially also boost and um, use as um, Spark ads to also target people on those platform, on, on that platform. But um, in that sense, we have not tested yet. Um, let me think. What else are we? Are you using it? Did you think about using influencers? Because I would assume that would work really, really well in these platforms, at least. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We have a very successful um, partnership with an influencer called um, Berlin Auslander Memes. So that's essentially um, an Instagram page for expats here in Berlin, and uh, the main let's say medium is memes as well. And that, of course, resonates quite well with our audience just because uh, we have uh, full English support as well as everything, um, all the contracts um, from A to Z, everything is in English. Whereas other providers who say they also have English, they only have, let's say, the website um, and then everything else is still German. So that's also why um, it performs quite well. and that. Um, you know, we already have the memes as part of our communication. So to see it also from an influencer um, makes it just that little bit better. Cool. Yeah, I, I would assume it, it would work uh, really well. Uh, influencer, influencers for this, especially when, you know, you have the theme of green energy and all that. I'm sure there's like a ton of, of uh, folks to find uh, that a lot of people follow. Um. Cool. So we are running a bit out of time, uh, but I want to ask you a few last questions uh, that we ask all of our guests. So first of all, I mean, your journey is, is quite, imp uh, quite impressive. Um, if there's like somebody that listens to us and, and they're an aspiring mobile marketer, uh, wants to get into performance marketing these days, um, do, if you could give them just one tip, what would it be? Um, I would say it's never too late to start. So, um, of course, there's a very steep learning curve, a lot of things in flux, um, many things changing all the time. Um, but once you find momentum and once you get integrated into the community, I mean, there are so many resources, so many Slack channels and Discord and all of this um, to help you on your journey. Um, it really does become intuitive, fun and collaborative in that way. And, and talking about all these Slack channels and stuff, do, do you have... Uh... I don't know, your favorite um, uh, resource that you follow to stay on top of what's happening? I would say, yeah, I mean, mobile dev memo is uh, the Bible um, for uh, mobile marketers in that sense. So I love, um, of course, also listening to podcasts. Um, mobile Heroes also is a great podcast that I enjoy. Um, and of course, Mobile Growth and Pancakes. For sure. Um, yes, uh, lots of podcasts in the space, but um, yeah, mobile dev memo is the, the core. Cool. 
And uh, finally, and, and the most important question here on this podcast is, uh, what is your favorite flavor of pancake? And and I am looking forward to the answer because you, you grew up in South Africa, right? Mm-hmm. So you grew up in South Africa, you lived in Spain, and now you're in Germany. So yes. let's see what, 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 uh, what's your favorite. My favorite is still my granny's uh, panakuk, uh, which in Afrikaans um, means pancake, obviously. And uh, it's essentially just a very traditional, normal pancake um, with some cinnamon sugar. Nice. How do you say, say it in Afrikaans? Panakuk. Nice. I knew that Afrikaans would come up on, on this podcast. <laughs> uh, I had that feeling. Cool. Awesome. Awesome to learn that. Um, and lastly, if folks want to reach out to you to talk about marketing stuff, Berlin, the, uh, how to say things in Afrikaans. <laughs> yes. Um, a very, um, it's, a, it's a growing language. No, <laughs> I'm on LinkedIn as Clarice Murray. And um, yeah, if listeners would like to find me there, I'll also post um, an Ostrom referral code for anyone who wants a 35 euro bonus when they sign up. Um, so yeah, I'll add that into the post when I share this podcast episode. Pretty cool. So if you live in, in Germany, you just uh, you just got some some uh, bonus for listening to this episode. Pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. So uh, thank you very much. That has been a pleasure. Um, and I'll talk to you soon. Cool. Thanks. And that was Mobile Growth and Pancakes. To find out more about StoreMaven and how we can improve App Store performance, visit StoreMaven.com. And then make sure to search for Mobile Growth and Pancakes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found, and click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Stormaven, thanks for listening.